You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Ooga booga ooga ooga. That's my caveman impression for this week, and it's. Uh, <laughs> do you like that caveman impression? Yeah, I'm not sure why it's relevant, but whatever. It's a caveman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so this is Sunday, June the 29th. <laughs> this is after the show 24. And we're looking at the movie 10,000 BC. And I first want to say happy birthday to my sister from yesterday. I, that's it. Sister Shella. Okay. Ten- she won't ever listen to this, but I'm saying to the world. It was what? her birthday and I love her and happy birthday. What does she have to do with 10,000 BC? No, she's about that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is the movie 10,000 BC. It's a 2008 brand spanking new movie. It's being released on DVD, or it has been released on DVD, Tuesday, June the 24th, which was last Tuesday, right? I think. Uh, this is released on DVD and Blu-ray from our friends at Warner Brothers, and we took a look at the DVD release. It's, really? Yes. It has... I want to mention something about that later. Um, <laughs> it has won no awards. Why do you keep mentioning that? Because you, you have awards written down. I put it on there because some movie a long time ago had awards. But yeah. you say, by saying that, you're like rubbing <laughs> salt in their wounds. Like, okay. oh, this movie got it, nothing. It has won... It's a, it Absolutely won an, nothing. It won an award for the most numbers in the title in 2008. <laughs> um, have you researched that? Probably not. <laughs> no, I think that's right. And... You're going to tell us what it's all about, right? Oh. Um, in a nutshell, please. In a nutshell. Primitive humans. <laughs> Come on. I wasn't prepared for this one. Okay. It's just basically can taking just, a little slice we... of time from this uh, group of people, like a tribal kind of people who live in a in an undetermined area, let's say, Right. And it is about legends and myths, and it's about their quest to save their people. And uh, is it a true story? Um, not specifically. I don't think it doesn't say based on a true story. Yes, we have human history. Okay, and, so let's say. Oh, I didn't. I didn't nutshell it very well. I'm no, sorry. No, no. So in a nutshell, it's a. What is it? It's Pre- prehistoric. Not, okay, not even if you want to take the story itself, right? There's a man prehistory in a tribe, Sorry. and the girl that he's sort of destined to love is stolen, and he has to trek across, a, take a journey to find her. And at the end of that journey, he finds like where they're building this pyramids, and there's a big slave trade, and all of civilization is either about to take off or crumble. And okay, it's all so, for the love of a woman. So in. And it's a... Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. so moving on to the story. Uh, not on to the story. Well, yeah, the story and what we think of the movie in general. I will say this is my just-off-the-bat impression of this movie. Now, wait. Was this impression formed early in the movie or when you finished watching it? It was it formed all the way through the movie. Okay. Mm. Okay, let me... I'm treading on a minefield. Okay. Why? <laughs> well, just listen. Hear me out. Roland Emmerich, the director, I'm quite a big fan of. I like Godzilla, I liked Independence Day, and I like The Day After Tomorrow. I think he's really good at making big, epic movies. Not not amazing movies. Not I'm not talking Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm talking, like, epic popcorn movies, okay? A good, good way to put it. 10,000 BC. So I knew it was by Roland Emmerich. I was like, yes, I really would like to see... 
a movie set in 10,000 BC by Roland Emmerich. And as I was watching it, started off bad. <laughs> the middle was worse, and the end was a little bit better than the beginning. I, 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 it didn't grip me at all. I was bored. Do you bored. think that uh, because of your expectation of what it might be, or do you think it was just what it was? I will tell you my impression while you, while you think of that. Let me, yeah. you know, just let me just finish okay. up on that. This is what this is what I have to say about it. <laughs> Uh, I can't... No, I don't like it. I, I don't like it, right? <laughs> and it didn't... It had everything, but it didn't. Like, Yep. Okay, so I imagine these kind of times and battles and stuff were pretty violent and bloody. Kind of like Braveheart or... There was actually no violence or blood. There was barely any blood, I'm telling you. Like, when somebody was I being was there. stabbed... I saw it. There was not much blood. It was but kind there was of, violence, but not that. Yeah, kind it was of kind of PG-ish. Like I don't know, is it a PG? Probably. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was it. It lessened the visceral parts of things like the battles to me. It was just like, oh, okay. Uh, second, it the CG was not very good. Part of it was, and I will talk about that in a minute. Part of it was fantastic that I loved, and a lot of it wasn't. I liked the beginning part. Which was? Them hunting the mammoth. Oh, yeah, that, was, that looked pretty good until you threw mm. humans in there. Yeah. And to, okay, now let me give you my take, my overall not, take. Not you, finished. Oh, sorry. Okay, so... <laughs> and, uh, I think that saying, I don't like it, no, pretty much covers I'm, it. I, you know me, I, I like to see something... Positive. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just said a lot of negative stuff. So, what I, no, what I did like <laughs> was... Not much of it, really. They're, to not, be they're not paying our sal. They're not paying us a salary. No. So you can say whatever you want. What I did like was the. It's really hard for me, but there's not. Um, there's. I like the sense of scale of it, but. Mm-hmm. But. When I, okay, the movie's called Ten Thousand BC. I know this isn't historically accurate in any way, but I also expected dinosaurs. I want to see dinosaurs. I like them. I don't um, think they were alive then. No, I know they weren't, but I was just... I know this wasn't historically accurate anyway. So I was think, As you know from watching it, it's not historically accurate. And they do throw some things in that don't exist in them times anyway. So, so why dinosaur, not go the whole hog? You had the dinosaur what, bird. What I'm saying is why not go the whole hog? If you've got a dinosaur bird, a woolly mammoth, and a tiger, why not put a T-Rex and a bloody a raptor in? Because... You've already messed with time. Yeah, if you're making fantasy out of real, out of and, and you're trying to make this a big spectacle, obviously, because that's what it is to, for people to go, "Wow, this is really cool." Right, I think that's it. So it was trying missing to stuff. Smash, uh, maybe a million years of human and world history all smashed in together and make kind of a big, like now I'll tell you what I thought. Are you done? N- not half. What do you like about it? That uh, that's what I just said. The I, scope, the scale, the of scale it. and the scope. I didn't like any of the actors. I didn't like the special effects in particular. The big, I won't spoil anything, but the big... Yeah. Wasn't impressive at all to me. A little bit, maybe. Not much. I, I mean, I was like... The I big, the... Yeah. Oh, I love that part. It looked like a model spinning around. Oh, no, around. I disagree completely. It was a model <laughs> I completely disagree. Um, Why can't we say that part? I mean... Isn't it a spoiler, really? Uh, it's telling you what happens at the end. Not really. Well, kind of. 
I think you might have already said it earlier, but yeah. um, people will have people have a two second memory generally, so they will have forgot about that. But um, I thought that was fantastic. That was my favorite part of the whole movie because my favorite. just the image. Okay, I'm gonna say what it is. Okay, I don't care. It's not a spoiler. It is just an image of a theory, let's say, sort of a cinematic theory, or maybe some historic person's theory, of how the pyramids were built. And this was a CGI sort of look at it all from far away, and the ideas of how it could have happened with the scale, with the um, scaffolding and the people, and yeah, they threw the woolly mammoth in there, which was like, whatever. But I still loved it, and maybe it wasn't super quality to CGI, but it actually put in my mind, because I could never get the scope of what that must have been like in my mind. What it, I mean, the pyramids are real, they were really built, some say by aliens, whatever. I still love that part. I thought it was the most detailed part, it was given the most kind of care, to me it did anyway, so I love that part. My... One of my favourite shots of the entire thing, and this isn't accurate in any way whatsoever, shape or form, <laughs> was the boats going down the Nile with the... That was pretty cool. Now, they'd stylize the um, the sails to make them look like... Well, I've seen pictures like that before. Well, with the two sails yeah. like, looking like wings. They call them, and the, they call giant them the birds. birds yeah. yeah. Now, that I love that whole shot there. That was the most epic thing Is in the, the movie. Is the Nile that close to the pyramids? No. Probably not. No, even that's... Messed it's up. like, here's a pyramid and five feet away, about... 100 yards away is the Yeah, Nile. well, but, like, to get it all in a frame, I guess you... Yeah. You can only pull back so far, but, um... I guess the idea was that the pyramids are becoming sort of a hub of civilization, and it's on the river, and that's where, like, boats can come in and But the, there is a real wide shot of the boats going down the mm-hmm. Nile with red sails that come up like bird's wings. Yeah. And, it, and it, I, that was probably my favorite shot in And the it looked movie. good. And that wasn't... Well, it was a CGI shot. But it wasn't elaborate in any way. It was just a few There was a lot of bad uh, green screen. Oh, there was. Uh, <laughs> like, now, when they've got the the mountains behind them. A couple... Sometimes they're really on mountains. It looks fantastic, yeah, you know? Yeah. I, well, the shading's or, wrong. We've but said yeah, this before. yeah, then there's other times when you see a person and they're, they're getting ready to walk away in some they epic reason. And there's mountains behind them and it's obviously green screen. And they're kind of shimmering or something. I mean, it's just a mixture of good and bad. What it is is... And and we know that this Emmerich guy, um, even though a lot of people didn't like Godzilla, I thought it was really well done, as in the CG of Godzilla. He was, for the time, he, it was really good. Um, Independence Day, obviously, it was groundbreaking in terms of special effects. And Day After Tomorrow wasn't bad. No, no, I agree. So he's good at making that kind of stuff, but this one, it didn't, it almost wasn't like it was... It was like too much, okay? First you start out with the, we'll go through it real quick here. Start out with the... Um, well, recreating what it must have been like for a tribe to be living on a mountain in 10,000 BC. Yeah, so right? it starts in a snowy... Yeah. Which is completely historically wrong, too, apparently. Why? Because I was reading... Some 10, other 000, person's No, no, I was reading... Uh, it's History Channel. 10,000 um, BC, the polar regions had already... Yeah, but there still would be snow. Well, they wouldn't be living there. And it wasn't snow when it started. It only started, the season started later, remember? But, But so they recreated that, which looked fine. It was a lot of detail in the costumes, a lot of detail in the props. All that stuff looked really good. Let me say, um, okay, best thing in the movie, costumes. Very good. And I don't really care about Particularly when, like, the African tribes start coming, the warriors. Costumes Oh my god. I, I have to tell you this, I find it really sexy, the whole African warrior thing. So, I like the ladies future. with the titties that hang right out. <laughs> for future, there was none of that. <laughs> I'm saying, for future reference, well, really make a get, note. 
<laughs> for my birthday, I'd really like you dressed up as, as an old African lady. No, not tennis. old African lady. As a as a very muscular African warrior guy. They, they looked really good. That doesn't quite work. With and my I, and the thing is, paleness. he mixed in. Like I didn't like the lead guy. I'm sorry to say, I don't like that they pick all kinds of beautiful friggin' people okay. once again this and is, with white teeth again. This was another thing. It's ten thousand for Christ's sake. Was way too hot for a cave chick. And she had no hair on her face. I expect a cave FYI, chick. they don't live in caves. They live in buildings and stuff. They well, don't live in a cave. <laughs> I'm just saying caveman, cavewoman type. Okay. Yeah, that's like, ooh. Yeah, they were talking English. My, yeah. Obviously, they weren't caveman. That's another... Were, and some, another, of them, some of them had a French accent. Some had French, some had English. Sometimes yeah. the same person went from English to French. So yeah, I really had a problem with that, too. So anyway, uh, she had no hair on her face at all. She had quite nice hair. How does that? What do you, what do you mean? No I'm hair saying, on her face. She was well groomed, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's bloody cave. She didn't have a razor. <laughs> what did he do? Scrape it off with a piece of flint for us? He had a bit of a shaped facial hair as he well. He looked like Rory and from Australian Big Brother. Friggin' teeth. That you know just this? drives me. Yeah. It was like painted on facial hair. Oh, sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't. That kind of stuff drives you crazy, and you know why. It wouldn't normally, but when you're dealing, like, going through the movie, you're introduced, and this guy's got to, like, you know, prove himself as the guy who's going to save everybody or whatever, and he's, like, young, we're going to say 20-something, but he's, like, all buff, which, fair enough, he might be out hunting and stuff all the time, but he's chiseled like a guy who goes to the gym every day. He's got white teeth, he's got no wrinkles or wearing or weathering on his face at all. These people live outside. That really drove me crazy. Plus, they all speak some weird versions of English, like with different accents and stuff. I would like, I would rather have a whole movie with no English and like ugging and bugging and 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 grunting with subtitles okay. or none. I'm Just actually going to recommend a movie to people like I do every week. Okay. I know it's not exactly like this movie, but it's a. It's actually really, really a superior movie in every respect. And that's Apocalypto. That was good. It was done in a native language. It was... It had... There was scenes in this and that which were reminiscent of each other. But it's just really well done. It is well done. And it's done in a proper language. So it actually feels a bit more credible, doesn't it? And the people are... It feels more authentic. This feels like the guy who made Independence Day is making another Hollywood movie. They want to slap in there all of the things that are commercially viable, like, well, we've got to have the hot kid, the hot people, the skinny people, the beautiful people. We've got to have white teeth. We've got to have... And, oh, this will really drive me crazy. Every once in a while, there was, like, a little bit of comedy, like a little funny line or a little grunt or groan or something like that that, you know, like somebody do a one-off. Oh, my God, that irritates me. It really didn't You lose it. the credibility. To, uh, not that this movie has a lot of anyway, but as I went through the movie, right, getting over the first part, which I was really bored with until the mammoths came, and I thought, that looks amazing, except for when the people Well, let's just talk about that first part before the mammoths come. It's, it's basically just they're sat around, and it's a bit of, let's get to know this person, let's get to yeah. know that person. So you care about them at some point. Which, you, which Apocalypto does as well, but... It yeah, really so much better. It grabs you instantly. So like instantly. Yeah, so this one starts when they're kids. You see them as kids a little bit. They grow up a bit to become hot people. Yeah. With a bit of dirt on them. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes yeah. they're sometimes perfectly they're nice, clean yeah. and sometimes they got mud dried all over their faces. Um so then they then that happens and then you 
are supposed to care for them all of a sudden, and then they're thrust into a, an adventure. Right. You have, like, this young guy whose father leaves, and then the other kids pick on him, and then he grows up, and then they still think he's a coward, and they, it's like the little rivalry, but there's no, it's real flimsy, and it's real nothing. You don't care I never cared about never. the lead guy. In fact, I did. I only cared about the girl about at her, some then. point because through the story, you know, she gets sort of taken, and then we were introduced to the whole idea, you know, when basically humanity went to hell in a handbasket, you know, the slave trade, and and they were going and gathering humans to come and build the pyramids and to trade them off to other parts of the world, similar to apocalypse. Yeah, apocalypse, apocalypse, exactly. But in this one. I didn't care that the tribes people were getting taken away, except at some point, I cared about her a little bit. It didn't. It wasn't deep care. It was more just like I kind of try. I finally, at that point in the movie, I was putting myself see, totally over to it and saying like, "Okay, whatever." See, my when I'm really when I go and watch a movie, generally, my mind doesn't wander, and it wandered so many times. And I, I know. It, you know what it was wondering about? It was like, "Oh, whoever seen him before?" Or Hmm, I wonder if there was ships in them times. It yeah, was like, or like, just, why is this just teeth random so white? crap coming into my exactly, head? Exactly, like I told you when they went on their quest and start walking and they're on the hill, and I said, walking, walking. Just like the walking, scene in Clerks too. Yeah, where, when Randall says, "This is Lord of the Rings," walking, 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 throwing a ring, that's what, walking, walking. Yeah. Oh, the ring, the ring, walking, walking. <laughs> and that's what, that's what that's the problem with some some movies. It just but you this, don't care about the people from the very beginning. I really, truly believe. When you actually don't... Now, I was willing, because I actually liked the way a lot of it looked. I liked planting in my mind the idea of, yeah, this is true. At some point, humanity goes... Just fell apart, right? We're consumed with, um, like, economics and trade and all that kind of stuff. And at some point, it probably wasn't like that. And these movies, this one and Apocalypto kind of magnify that that at some point there was a simpler time in human existence and then some asshole started deciding they wanted more and greed and they then they started buying and selling humans and you know commerce began and to me that's when that's what i like about the idea of the movie that they're fighting against this. They're resisting this. They just want to go back to their mountaintop. They want to hunt. They want to live. They want to have babies and die and live and die. And that's it. And I like that idea. So I it, that won me over. But it's just everything they try to do in the movie is like half-assed to me. Like, everything big. Either too big or too sanitized. Like it, Oh, yeah, totally. Like it, so it makes it feel like... Uh, like I wanted to see... Like I wanted to see um, brutal stuff. And I... I know it just mean. would have made it feel more real, like caveman, caveman even being trampled. I mean, you know, tribesmen being trampled by mammoths. They got a little kicked around. Funky, like. but it, well, yeah, I tell you, when you take a CGI human and throw it in there, it always, almost always looks bad. But one of these other um, random thoughts that came into my head while I was watching it was, <laughs> I'd like to watch Jurassic Park again because it was really good <laughs> I, I, in terms of in terms of people running with dinosaurs. So you would like Apocalypto. Mixed with uh, Jurassic Park, mixed with Godzilla and Independence Day. Throw the aliens in. Yeah, there. and if you're going to build the pyramids with Woolly Mammoth, you might as well throw the. Aliens and if anybody's going to do that kind of movie, it's this Emirate <laughs> guy because he's he's he can do that kind of movie. I mean, 
His other movies were hokey. Godzilla's not a true story. Neither is Day After Tomorrow. Neither is Independence Day. They're all hokey. But they do something. They work a bit They better. build on you. They build on characters that you, while you're thinking, uh, you know, some of them are a little bit two-dimensional, and yet you kind of get sucked into it because of the spectacle. But what I felt, there was, like, scenes in here where there was battles, which I wanted to be more like battles in, like, The Last Samurai or... Yes. Or Braveheart. Just more brutal-like. I agree. Because there was no... I was like, okay. They weren't rough and tumbled. They're throwing stuff at each other and... Yeah. There's nobody's... I didn't even think about the no blood thing. There was a little bit here and there, but... Just nothing oddly. And they don't look hardcore. They don't look like what I guess I think people should have If somebody hits you with a club made out of bone (laughs) in the head really hard... You don't just go and fall over. Or how about like your the head would Tick Tick guy gets attacked by the dinosaur bird, and then the only bl- and he's like on a stretcher thing and he's dragging him around, but then the only blood you see, and obviously he's bad enough to be drug around and he's almost dead, right? He the guy touches his leg and the blood kind of comes up through his yeah. little pants and there's like, al- on his finger and that's it. And there's also and another he just got one chomped by a dinosaur bird. There's another somebody gets a spear right through them, and there's actually no blood. Yeah, a like times. right through them. The most blood was, yeah. One other knife got shoved through a person early on. It's really sanitized. So, if it was trying to have big epic battle sequences like Gladiator or Braveheart, it fails. If it's trying to have really good CG or wow you with the CG, it kind of did in parts, but then not all the time. Yeah, it hit a couple of times. Like, for me, it was the pyramids. I thought it was amazing just because... It's a great idea of what they have. How the whole thing was constructed with the... Everything and the mammoths when they're first running in, and this was good. The, yeah, it was good. Sounded good. And but and the other the other while well, I was saying it was like that. And then the other thing is there's a romance that's really thin, like in there. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work as a romance either because I couldn't care less about them yeah. either of them. So, but the weird thing is you can have you have that same kind of romance in um, Last of the Mohicans, and the- yet I was totally absorbed in that one. You have it in loads of different Apocalypse kinds of movies. Was a yeah, but they were already together. Yeah, they were like, that was his family. I mean, they all do, don't they? Everything yeah, I mean, does. a romance that happens from a stressful situation where the man falls in love with the woman, and it's like a forbidden love kind of thing. In this one, it was sort of oh yeah, there's the whole mythology behind it too. The the child with the blue eyes is the girl, and I never, I don't think that even pans out correctly. That somehow in this story, the child with the blue eyes is going to come along and save. You know their civilization, which is the woman. But and they mention it and they say it and they show her blue eyes because everyone else, of course, and that yeah. everyone else has brown eyes, of course, by some strange coincidence. And then near the end, it it's not even like not even like an oh here she is to save the day kind of thing. It just it's flat all the way over, and it's really, unfortunate because it's a great idea. Yeah, it is, but you can't really gloss over it because I can't. I if I was. Bored most of the time, I'm sure. Mm. I have to say that I thought most of the time, all of the acting, with very few exceptions, was like... TV movie of the week. Yes! Oh my god. It totally was. Totally. Totally. If they were trying to be... If they wanted to go with, we're going to talk in that sort of stilted way that we imagine cave people like, might have discussed Hey, things. Cindy, let's go back to cave and get horse and kill it. Like that? <laughs> but with a French but, accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that wasn't all the time. That's the problem. Sometimes they were talking like you and I. Yeah, it was really strange. And that really bothers me. So, because- like, a, like I was mentioning Apocalypto earlier. 
they use the Mayan because it was about the Mayan civilization. They use the Mayan language all the time yeah. with subtitles. Now that's the way to do it, in my opinion. And some of them had white teeth too, but I mean, because the overall of the movie is captivating, you don't notice that when the movie isn't. Now, I would recommend this to certain people. I really would. You, you can't be the type to get bored easily because there are a lot. They're kind of like epic. It's epic. Is it long? Because it felt There's, long. <laughs> oh, it's a hundred and nine minutes. What's that? That's less than two hours. Yeah, it really about one oh, one thirty nine. Right? It one, does seem longer than it that. It seemed about two and a half to three hours to <laughs> me. I was like, "Holy Christ, when's this going to end?" Oh my god! <laughs> I, also, I did like my favorite thing of the whole thing is the idea of uprising against oppression. Right? I like that in any story in any movie, and they did it. The idea was great. I love imagining that's how uprisings, like the slave uprising, and I like that idea, and I like seeing how they pulled it off because that was you know, that was well constructed. You know, them going in and talking yeah. to the slaves, and we're, we're gathering all the different tribes people to come and help us. Set that up was actually free. where the story started to pick up for me when they, yeah, exactly when the tribes all came and they were all the it, different tribes. But then at the I end, but that. then the conclusion of that whole thing wasn't very satisfying to me. No, and I actually thought the guy who was the head of the tribe that they met, who knew his father, yep. He was fantastic. He was my favorite person in the whole movie. He had like the tusks hanging down, and he was—he re- actually did a good job of acting because every single time he did a good job of. I love that. Yeah, they explain that too. Like they speak English, right? So then they end up with all these African tribes, <laughs> and the African tribe guy speaks English, English, and they're like, "How do you have our words? How oh, do you have our words?" I have the French accent, and then he's like, "A man came to Baguette. us some time ago, and I learned his <laughs> words, and then of course he then taught it." To his son, but nobody else, because the other ones didn't speak English. It was just weird. It was kind of like when we were watching Alexander, was it? When What's when her face? Angelina is... Uh, Crapola. She American, had a really bad accent. <laughs> Everybody else did, too. The, yeah. Well, <clears throat> so, yeah, it was uneven, let's say, this movie. Yes, uneven is a good word. Kind of like our front yard. There are parts where the grass isn't growing, and there are parts where it's flourishing. Yeah, exactly. And... <laughs> I would Somebody like to didn't say water that, it every day like you do. I'd like to say there are moments of it that are good, and there are, but overall it's a real snorer for me. I could, mm-hmm. And it's the kind of movie I probably like. Oh, I, totally. I like that kind of movie. Because it's, it's a popcorn movie. It's a decent subject matter. It's just handled wrong or something. And um, Yeah, the subject is my, my favorite thing, and a lot of the ideas... Mm. And the look of it. I mean, there were lots of gorgeous things about it. You know, take away the CGI and the bad green screen. Can I... There was some... Re- the, uh, the costumes, seriously, and the sets and the things around. Like, that was fantastic. Whoever did the art direction and the costumes. I don't like the music score either. It's too Hollywood. Well, it's very... <clears throat> the music score is very... I was thinking when I was watching it, wow, that sounds like the music from The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> like they just transplanted it. Yeah, lots. It's kind of similar. Um... The saber-toothed tiger scene, where oh. you're supposed to be... F- okay, let's let's paint the picture. The saber-toothed tiger comes into the village. There's a whole tribe and our heroes. One of our heroes has saved the saber-toothed tiger. He's a saber-toothed tiger whisperer. One, has, <laughs> one of our heroes has saved the t- saber-toothed tiger at a point in the movie. So the tiger has some kind of... Bond. To him. So... The tiger comes in. It's huge as well. It is, and it's also... Kind of. It's also... 
sometimes big and sometimes small. The yes, perspective is funny. I'm so glad you mentioned that. So when it's near him, it's like absolutely huge. I kept thinking, wow, it's like a... Like on a cover. It's like a giant. But... Because um, same between Tiger. It wanders in in its CGI way and... It's broad daylight. There's no hiding of anything. And... It's totally not scary. It's supposed to be right up on him and, it, and it's fierce. And it just doesn't do anything. It just looks like a crap looking... I know it's not terrible looking, but it doesn't look like it's there at all. Exactly. And then when it goes to run away, the scaling on it is yeah, definitely bad. Yeah. I bl- definitely. Like we watched um, The Golden Compass. All the animals in that, I believe, more. And most of them are like mystical things and stuff. Mm-hmm. They look more real to me. Like the polar bear? Yeah, so it was... Oh, I don't know. Not. I think you hit it on the head when you said, or you might have said, or maybe I'm making this up, it tries to do too many things. Yeah. You've got the saber-toothed tiger, right, is one whole element. And it's a big element because it, it feeds on the mythology that this guy can, can talk to the saber-toothed tiger. Right? So it's a big, important thing. It had no weight to it whatsoever. I had no believability. It had no... In fact, it was like almost cute when he... Saves the tiger. You know, it's like precious, which is like, ah. And then, later, like you said, it's not scary. You don't feel like it's going to rip into somebody. I don't anybody. feel like it's because ever going to rip into somebody. I'm already convinced, because of the way the movie's going, like you said, it's kind of um, it's whitewashed me. really well. The saber-toothed tiger, the, 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 the idea behind that is this guy can talk to the saber-toothed tiger and it will leave and not injure them. Well, you don't know that, but... Oh, maybe at some point you'll be able to control it and it'll kill bad guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like unfo- unfortunately, control. that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might have made the movie better, to be honest. So, I think we've said enough about the movie. I really didn't like it. Um, I am really disappointed because I like that guy's work and this really didn't do anything for me. And I enjoyed parts of it a lot, Overall, I enjoyed the mammoth hunt at the beginning the best. I would like to see the pyramid CGI thing and the idea of that put into a documentary where people actually are telling you real history, and I can see it like that. So, I say... I don't what, recommend it to most people. Um, when I normally say buy it or rent it, if I say catch this one on television. If you're thinking of this because, oh, I loved you know those movies you mentioned, Godzilla and Independence Day... You're, it's not going to do the same thing for you. I don't think. Now, I could be wrong, but... No, I don't think so at all. I don't think it's even in the same league as those movies. And those movies are not great movies by any means, but they are a good example right, of that genre. Right, if you genre. like those movies, yeah. exactly. If you like the action popcorn flick and... You They're know, good examples And they look it. good and all that kind of stuff. It's not... I know everybody hated Godzilla, but I thought On the other hand, pretty good. I don't think it's a bad idea to try it just because... I don't know. I say watch it, catch it on um, television when it's on on television. But yeah, I can't yeah. rent or buy that one. I, it's, uh... I don't think a two dollar rental in about six months would be a bad idea. You know what I'm saying? If you've got a really, if you've seen <laughs> everything else in the world, <laughs> and that's <laughs> the only thing. Oh my god! <laughs> no. Okay, no, then I can't you, say that. That's then unfair. you recommending Apocalypto? Yes, totally. Apoc- Don't buy it either. Go rent it because not would, everybody's going to love it. I'd buy Apocalypto after after having seen it, but you have it's a yeah. It'll it's be an acquired re- it's a good taste quality too. movie. Okay, so moving on to the cast. Oh. Now this is a a cast of unknowns, pretty much, right? Well, some anonymous, famous people, yeah. as we like to say. So I'm going to name some people here who wrote down, but we're probably not going to be able to 100 percent say 
Which ones were which? I know who they are. Okay, Stephen Strait is Le. Delay. Delay. Okay, what did we think of him? Um, I'm going to have a look at a picture of him because I'm... You know who he is. He's the main guy with the white teeth. Okay, and, and he has no picture. Yeah, I get it. I know. Rory. I think he tries hard. You know, he could tell he's working at it. He's been convinced by the producers and the director and the writer and his agent that this is going to be the next biggest thing. And he's really hot and da-da. And he has moments when he's okay. But never great. He's not been in much. Um, He's not given great things to say. Let's say that for sure. Yeah, he's not... And he, at some point he's either, like, rah, 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 rah. and then other times he's not. I don't feel like a leading man to me. I know, I don't want um, Mel Gibson to be the lead in this. No. Either. Like some big familiar face. And I like the idea of using people who you might not recognise. Like from Apocalypto. Let's just keep saying that. Yeah, those people were all people you yeah. have no idea who they are. No clue what But the main guy in that was really good. Um, so, yeah, I like the idea of using people who are less known. But I don't like the idea of using people right who are less known because he's hot, because he's got a fresh face, all that shit abs. that they probably... They yeah, had good abs for a caveman. He did. And I, know, I do think that he was trying at different points. There were some moments... Actually, the silent moments, when he's reacting to people and they have to do, like, kind of um, unspoken communication between people, that was good. That was alright. But um, he needs some work and he needs to dull his teeth down because he <laughs> hate white teeth in movies. Period pieces. So then we've got the leading lady of the piece, who's, who's Camilla Bell. And she... What do you think of her? Boring. She's, Flat out boring. She's Beautiful. Like, she's like a young Elizabeth Taylor, 100%. When they put her when she's in Egypt and they finally put the braids in her hair and they do her makeup, I think that's the point, is to make her look a little Cleopatra-esque. And she totally, she's do- totally gorgeous. And she does a fine job, but I just found her a little bit boring. And so did I. And I she, don't like damsel in distress stories anymore, and that was what hers was, really. And she is beautiful, and she has been in a few films, but nothing of note. So she's another... I, I believe they were just trying to get... Even though she was a little underdog. bit boring, I think she was about my third favorite person in the movie. Yeah, but there's not much to go with, is it? <laughs> okay, so then we've got Cliff Curtis's Tick Tick. Now, he we've seen before. Yes. And I felt he was a bit stilted, even though he's, like, one of the pros of the group. But, you know. Oh, yeah. A little he, he too is. serious. So when I was like, who is Cliff Curtis? Now, we have this the saying, anonymous famous people. Mm-hmm. Like, people you'll see in a movie and go, wow, I've seen him a billion times, but I have no idea who he is. Uh, exactly. Name. I don't know his name. He is that guy. And he was in, I'll name you some of the movies he was in now, because you'll probably go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live Free and Die Hard. A.K.A. Yeah. Die Hard 4. Um, Traffic. Runaway Jory. You remember him in Runaway Jory. Do was, I? Yeah, um, you know Runaway Jory, right? Yeah. Junkie so he sec. was one of the jurors and he was an ex-army guy. I don't remember him in that. Okay. But that's the thing Moving about on. anonymous famous people. You you know you've seen them. You don't always, you can't always recall them, but you know you've seen them. So here's one. Training Day. He was the bad guy who in the... Like a drug dealer guy, and he was really intimidating in the scene I, I remember him in. Was he in an apartment or something? Uh-huh. Okay, yep, yep. Yeah. yep. And, the, and the Ethan Hart got sent in there unaware of what was going on. And he... Yes, And yes. it was a big tense scene. So yeah, he was in there. That was good. Okay, that's probably where I remember him from most. You might remember him from Blow as Pablo Escobar. Probably just in my back of my mind. Bringing but. out the dead. So what we're saying, that if you 
if you want to go see some good movies with this guy, there's some other ones. <laughs> this doesn't showcase people. I mean, he's kind of a pivotal, pivotal person in the whole story. And yet, it's a little phoned in, as you like to say. He was also the main producer of Eagle vs. Shark. So that's, a, oh, that's another movie you would like to recommend. That's really good. Should recommend. That was a good yeah. one. Uh, not, not like this one yeah. at all. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. Just all these others that I keep saying. So, um, I wouldn't tell people not to watch 10,000 BC. And only because I actually like the, uh, the, the... If you can put up with the movie part not being great, but you like the idea of seeing all these civilizations come together and an idea of how it must have happened with the pyramids and all that, I actually recommend that. And certainly don't recommend it to your kids, giving them a history lesson, because no, this no. won't help them in no, any no, way, no. shape, or form. Um, so moving on, cast uh, the last person... Oh, no. Joel Vigil as Nakuru. That's the guy that you said you like. That's the guy I like a lot. Yeah. Joel. You want to look at him so you know your competition? Joel Virgil. Really liked him. Oh, his costume and his thing on his head and really nice. You know what? <laughs> Joel Vigil's got a... And I'm being funny, right? But I really like the color of his skin and he's really powerful. What's, and, funny, oh, what's funny here is Joel Virgil has been an actor in movies. He's got a bit of a prehistoric past. Really? He's been in two movies. 10,000 BC, and... Apocalypto? The Flintstones in Viva, oh, right. La- Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> That's all he's been in. So, but he's really good. He's like the best acting person in the movie. I he, swear to God. He actually was in Viva La- Rock Vegas in 2000, and then he was in 10,000 BC in 2008. So he must have been waiting eight years for another prehistoric role. <laughs> okay, so then the final person I wanted to mention was the narrator, Omar Sharif, who actually gets a small part in the movie, but only in the deleted scenes. Yeah, or they're not called deleted scenes. It's additional alternate, scenes. alternate ending. Yes, alternate ending and additional scenes. But and and I didn't like the voiceover at all. We forgot to mention that. Not really. Going back to the movie, I don't need a storyteller telling me shit. No. So that's the cast. Well, well, there's thousands of people in it. There is, but they're the (laughs) cast. Let's not talk about all of them. Yeah. Moving on to the director, Roland Emmerich. We spoke about him earlier. Independence Day, Godzilla, Day After Tomorrow, Stargate. I think he does good work. And I think he's on, like a Michael Bay, but like on a smaller scale. But this one... Do you think he was out of his depth, maybe? Yeah, something. I don't know. He needs to focus on one thing. If the idea of the movie is to show some historic epic thing, like the pyramids or like that, focus on that. You know, make everything else small and... scale, and then pump it up when you get there. It's possibly not him, though. It's, it seems like it's a, um, we've got an idea, and then everybody puts the two pennies in, yeah, and it ends up being... You know, he's the heart of it, right? Hmm. But, you know, it feels movie studio-ish, like they've tried to... Yeah, totally. We've got to add a, an attractive look in here, and we've got to have some CG here, and people will be bored if you don't have, like, a big thing here, and, you know... Yeah. But we were bored anyway, so it didn't work. Unfortunately. Um, and then we have the DVD extras. And I do not get bored easily. I can assure you of that. It's very difficult to bore me. I, I want My mind wanders. So then I'm thinking of other things. And I try actually consciously to relate those. <laughs> when I'm in a boring moment, I think I'm getting bored. I still try to think of things relating to the movie I'm watching. Now, yeah. this sounds like really contrived. But that's what I have to do. So that's why I was thinking of... 10,000 years ago or whatever 12,000 years ago I wonder what human li- life was really like and I wonder what the planet was that's like that's exactly the thoughts I was getting, <laughs> exactly. like I said it was all, and I'm, I'm like moving myself along I'm staying in the spirit of the movie until something happens that oh god I sound so shallow okay so the cover of the DVD makes it look 
exciting. More exciting than... And that scene is so non-pivotal. So we got the special features, which amount to two special features. <laughs> which uh, is one special Listen to how they put on the back of the case. Oh yeah, let's have some of that. Um, special feature number one, exciting alternate ending. Like, alternate ending, yes. Exciting, no. <laughs> is that fair? Uh, it's, it's very... I think we're using the word exciting <laughs> on the, the boxes. And the second a- and last feature is... Awesome additional scenes. So, so they had to add an adjective. <laughs> because they, if they just would have put alternate ending and additional scenes, it this pumps it a bit, doesn't it? Mm. Because of the word and awesome. And they're not awesome. <laughs> Some of it's like, we were sitting there going, why is this even... A- why is this even a scene? <laughs> it's like nothing, like a little blue thing where, of them so, walking. There was a scene where... They're walking, walking. They walking. showed them walking, walking, <laughs> and then it said, copyright 2008. Yeah. Well, Warner Brothers. Walking like, in the what? sun, to sandstorm. Now, I think it's because when they make those scenes, it's like, oh, we made all this effort. We owe it to ourselves to throw it on there. And let me also um, say something here. Now, this is available on Blu-ray disc, and I'm sure it looks amazing. We or, watched... sometimes Blu-ray shows the faults a lot more. Yeah, well, yeah. But we watched the DVD version, which I thought the picture was slightly soft. And there's a reason for this. Most DVDs are dual-layer format, which is about 8 gigabytes. And the movie is in the 8 gigabytes. Now, this is one of our old favorites. The Flipper. Oh. Does this even still exist in 2008? Apparently. It does, apparently. But anyway, this is the Flipper Disc. Which is widescreen version, full screen version. Oh my word. Also, this isn't a DVD 9 on both sides. It's just a single layer. So the movie's using half the space, basically. So that's why it looked a bit... Maybe it would have looked better than in Blu-ray, some of those dodgy moments. But I think it would. I think sometimes high def reveals some flaws. I just felt that this... Felt it was. A, I looked on the bitrate meter on the PlayStation 3. It was also pretty low bitrate. I thought it was stylized, you know, to make but it... But really, it was kind of... Vaseline smurry kind of Martha Stewart no, it wasn't very sh- glow it didn't have that mega sharpness to it like it, there wasn't big long shots where there's loads of detail it was kind of I thought that was intentional so that when it got to the CGI think, moments things looked a little better I think better. it might have been this DVD right because now I don't see this is something that boggles me in DVDs is only occasionally do they bother to do this flipper with widescreen and full screen one on each side Generally, how it works is there's one DVD of widescreen and one DVD of full screen that you buy the one you want. And mm-hmm. then you get the full quality of the movie because you get both layers instead of having to share it. Now, I wonder why. Is it a cost issue? The only issue? thing I can think is, as you said, it's pretty um, tamed down. There's not a lot of blood. There's not violence. There's no sex. There's no nudity. Now, is this maybe targeted... Like, kids would like it. Kids would be Kids would be into it, I think. It's not like hokey kid um, adventure or anything like that. But kids, in general, have the regular TVs and when they watch DVDs in their room, it's just a regular TV. Is that a possibility? Because I think I think kids would dig it as far as the I think it action might, goes. It must be a cost issue because if it's a big movie, like, let's say, The Hulk that just came out. So when that comes on DVD, as a, you know, a big blockbuster movie... They will be a widescreen edition, a full screen edition, a Blu-ray edition. Because I guess they have a big budget to go behind it. I was going to say, do they get determined how successful it was to begin with? With a movie like this, that's what I'm thinking. This perhaps wasn't very successful in the cinema. In fact, I know it wasn't. We've got to put it out there. 
it probably costs so X need- amount of dollars to make two editions or cheaper to make one edition. So we need to invest as low amount as yeah. we can to get more of our money But that's back. bad because they still charge you the full price for it. So mm-hmm. that's a bit of a niggle. But for me, flippers shouldn't exist in this day and age. It's one of the first DVDs I ever bought, which was The Doors, <laughs> which I complain about a lot. And I'm very looking forward to a Blu-ray version of The Doors in about two months. It's a flipper version of The Doors. And it's terrible. It looks really bad, like, now. Because you're used to... Things have changed, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. We watch it on a big screen. Things have moved. Things have moved up in the world in terms of technology and how things look. So those old DVDs from what ten years ago, oh. they're showing their age now, and, and that's Wait, just so because your originals. Yeah, it's just because they were kind of practicing. We'll tell this them, little they? story about you real quick here. Um, when we first met, we met on the internet, right? Do you remember that? And when we'd gone through about a year of uh, getting to know each other and you coming here and blah blah blah, and then you were going to come here forever. You entrusted me with your most sacred possessions. Do you remember? You shipped me your DVD collection. Yeah, a couple of hundred of them. No, there were 80. Was there? Yep, 80 of them. And you, sh- you stuck them all in a box all nice and tidy. And you shipped it to me. Like, like that was, I thought, at the time I maybe didn't realize. But now I think, my God, that was like you sending me your child. Yeah. You actually packaged, you know, in there was like, you know, your favorites. I gotta say, I am a movie collector. <laughs> you are, and I was, when I got it in the mail and it had like, and I opened it up and my uncle was there and he was like, what'd you get? And I said, well, Paul sent his DVDs and he's like, why? <laughs> why can't you just buy new ones? And I'm like, I don't know, now I know, but then I wasn't sure. Why can't I just buy new ones? They cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting, because thinking about the movies you had then. If we were to watch a lot of them, you've replaced a lot of them with you know higher def ones and stuff. But there were a lot that you didn't. And- I, I think I think those were the. I know we're off topic on the movie here, but those were the days of like they were, seeing practicing basically of putting movies on disc or just slapping them on. Like hey, we got a DVD, put them on, put them on, put them on. There was you know the widescreen thing wasn't fully in effect. Nobody had a widescreen TV, so they weren't catering to that so well. And home theater wasn't as big a deal. And now every you know you get a Blu-ray, and you watch it and you think that just looks amazing because it really does. Like I, I mean, I see the difference between them now a lot. So one week when we watch a DVD instead of a Blu-ray, I, I think, wow, last week's movie was so much. Right. Color is the main thing. It looks so much more colorful, a Blu-ray disc. There's more colors. It's something... In the details, I think you're right about sharp. that. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that much, though. I'm starting to get a... I've seen <laughs> enough Blu-rays now, and I own enough Blu-rays, whereas... if All right, then. If, if, a, if a movie comes out now and there's a choice, Blu-ray or DVD, I wouldn't buy the DVD now. I would pay the extra for the Blu-ray. A lot of the time, because we've got a 100-inch screen. Mm-hmm. 104. And that is why <laughs> I think DVDs are, you know, on your on your 50-inch TV even, DVDs are just fine. Yeah. But when you go well, bigger than I that. I don't know. Some DVDs we've watched on the Yeah, the we've seen TV. bad. But, yeah, but they're fine. Yeah. I think when you go up bigger and bigger, everything sticks out to you. So, And I, I, do, I do think that bad CG, you might miss on a... 20-inch TV, 27-inch true, TV. True, I think, yeah, it's very true. And on a big screen, you're like, holy crap, that looks really not very good, because I can see the so edges. So if you're watching movies, including 10,000 BC, on your cell phone... Yeah, it might look really good. Or on your PSP, or on your oh, DS. Oh, I don't think there'd be a... The CGI or would, on your look, laptop. would look really good there. Or in a window on your computer. Or on this little thing, you know, 7-inch yeah. screen. 
Yeah, but it would look fine. But anyway, that's not... I just wanted to go on a rant <laughs> about flippers. And uh, studios stop making them. Because we don't need them. We know you're all listening. We don't want the full screen version anymore. If we're... They're not going to be very friendly to us now. Because we didn't love their... So they're not going to listen to you. No, they will. But I'm saying we don't... <laughs> studios, we don't want the full screen version if... We want the widescreen version and now, then make a version for kids. You're you're making that statement, but I know a lot of people who hate widescreen. I'm, I'm really talking about movies. The reason books. they hate widescreen is because they don't have a widescreen TV. They watch movies on the regular 4x3 and it get, puts the block, the black on the top and the bottom. Whatever that's called. Letterboxing. People seriously hate that. They would rather have pan and scan, which they don't even know what that means. But when I describe it to them, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the black box on the top and the bottom. It's just, like, the, stupid. These people need to... <laughs> Come uh, into the 21st century, but they don't. That's just the way people are. The, yeah, well, yeah, they just have to live with it, because I do like the white school. Oh, because, oh I see. <laughs> because they scully put down the rule. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the movie. Thanks to Warner Brothers. And let's move on to our contest for this week. We've got two copies of Burn Notice... From our friends at Fox on DVD. Season it's a, one. Yep. Well, yep. It's only been one season. You can say Burn Notice, and I would have no idea what you're talking about until you say season one, and then I go, oh, okay, okay. So, it was a TV show. Okay, I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown on Burn Notice. Um, <laughs> What's the crappy box say? No, the box is pretty good. No, I mean the, the crappy thing that they put on the box. Okay, so thing. basically it's a TV show from the USA Network. It's on 20th Century Fox DVD, and it's about a... You know, a CIA, FBI, CIA, no, covert <laughs> intelligence operatives. Okay. CIO, I guess. <laughs> That's like a CEO, but with an I. Um, who is fired. And the what burn notice is, is you if you're fired from one of these agencies, you're given burn notice, which blacklists you from everything. Ah, oh, right. So now he's on the, well... He's trying to survive in the streets of Miami, apparently. Can't he's Bond and Die Another Day. Yes. He's been he's debadged. Been cut loose yeah. and uh, is on his own. Uh, and it's fully loaded with sly humor, apparently. Sly humor. Is that what the box says? Yeah. That must be true. <laughs> I have no idea, so I won't But anyway, if you want to win this uh, prize, it's a four-disc box set. We've got two of them. We've got a question for you. Two. Two copies. That's For not- the podcast. What? Okay, that's four. Yeah, we got two for the website, two for the podcast. Oh right. <laughs> okay, so we got two copies of it. The and question we've got a is, question. and you can figure out why this is relevant to this show. We won't tell you why, but name five TV shows, TV series that Bruce Campbell has been featured in or starred in, in some way. Five TV shows with Bruce Campbell, and you can send an email to. A Scully at ascully.com. In the subject line, put podcast contest, burn notice, and or evil dead, whatever. No, burn notice. <laughs> yeah, <please>. burn notice. <laughs> and uh, you could be in the run to win two uh, copies of that. And if you want to win, and if you want a second <laughs> chance to win, go Good. on the website and click the link because there's another. Contest. The website would be ascully.com. A S C U L L Y dot com. Moving on to what <laughs> we've been stuff. playing this week. I've been playing... Well, you've been playing Spore Creature Creator. Yeah. Again. But this week, I think you've probably got more to say about it because you've got the full version. Yeah. So. Got the full version of it. 
Wait. Now, we, we did explain about this game last week. It's not entirely a game. That's not a game. But it's my kind of thing. I can sit there for five hours and create these things and save them and that's so explain. it. So explain. I don't ever need. There's a game called Spore. It's coming out. By the creator of The Sims. It's coming out in September. This is a early create create the monsters that you're going to be creatures that you're going to be using in Spore in several months to come. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a bit limiting. I know that you, you're going to say it isn't and there are over a million people who've made them and whatever. I still feel like I'm more a fan of the little humans in Sims. But we'll see how the game play actually goes. I like creating these little dudes. But then at some point I will... I like the idea of making my people pee and eat and do stuff. And no danger and no battling. And these creatures have like weapons and they have little tails with spurs on them. And that indicates that there's going to be some battling in the world. And I'm not a fan of that. I just want to say this is only... The, this creature part is only a tenth Com- It's of, a commercial, basically. No, I mean, the, in the actual game, when you were just saying about them having weapons and stuff. Mm. This is only a tenth of Spore. This is only a little section of Spore. These creatures will grow up. Then there's... I can't really explain, but the game goes from microorganisms to... Which you're not creating a microorganism. Apparently so. Not and this isn't. These aren't microorganisms. Your sp- your creature that you've already created will... So say you want to import them into the sport and then start playing from the yeah. beginning. The microorganisms that start will be based on what that creature is. Oh, okay. So they'll grow so into you that are, creature. Yeah, exactly. So the way they look is inspired by and that. And what he's saying, you can put your own head, your own mouth, you can size it, you can put different colors on it, you can put different claws, hands, feet... So, Tails, you can change the spine shape, you can change the body shape, all that kind it's of stuff. It's fun, it's really fun. And it is fun. So the game, the game in itself when it comes out is going to be from taking a life from a microorganism, you know, a tadpole swimming around in a pool, all the way up to ruling a galaxy. It sounds huge, and there's a lot of steps in between. None of them have been revealed properly yet. Exactly, but. and I think that you and other people just constantly being fed how huge it is and how big it is and how exciting it's going to be and all that stuff, you have no idea. It sounds, I've, you don't know. I've seen, a, I've seen a 20 minute demo of it. Um, but I think that we also sections thought that you haven't seen. black and white was going to be like end all beat all. We loved it for a short period of time. Let's not exaggerate. It oh. ran out of steam. It wasn't that exciting at some point. The novelty wore off. I didn't like the battling and the fighting and all that shit. I liked the... the See, and I did, so... Right, but even you realized all the hype didn't match up over time. No, but... You, you don't remember back on Black and White fondly overall. You remember when we first installed it and we played it at the beginning, we are like, oh my god, this is so cool. That didn't last that long. Let's be honest. No, but... It, and I, I and for Sims, I can sit down to The Sims, I can install the original Sims I got the day, the week we got married, I can install it, and I can sit at this desk for... 24 hours and play with it endlessly and See, love that, it. And The Sims doesn't have that effect on me. Right. And so I understand. I, I don't take on the hype of how Spore is going to be so amazing and people who love Sims are going to love it because I don't know that and I'll have to reserve judgment. So far, it's cute and fun. We'll see. And I'm not saying that the that Spore will be the be-all and end-all of games because you may play it for a week and then discard it, but for me, if you get a week, if you if you get a week solid play and it's exciting and interesting during that time, then a game is worked. A game doesn't have to be, for me, a game that you play for several years. See, I like to get my money's worth. <laughs> See, and I do. I mean, I'll buy a, a a game like 
Battlefield Bad Company, for instance, which is the next game on my list here. Um, it costs $60, you buy it, and it's the kind of game where you may play it for several months and even come back to it after that just to play some more of the multiplayer. So those are value pack games to me. And then there are games like Alone in the Dark where I play three hours of it and I want to throw it in the bin. And that's a waste of your money. Yeah, so there are, I feel that Spore will come into the category of something that you will be able... Because it's going to be pretty deep, you'll be able to dig into for a while. Even if you only dig into it for two or three weeks, I think you... I don't think a game has to last... But I'm not fickle, you know? I'm not no. like that. I don't go from thing to thing to thing. Like, I, I played Tetris on my DS. My old DS, by the way. My old thick... I'm not going to call it fat. My old thick DS. With DS dim. That's not... Yeah. That's what I like to call it. Because after... And I, I will play that until I turn it on one day and it won't work. And I will play Tetris on it until the day that you buy me some more games on it. I like to say... I love it. I call it DS dim because I have the DS light. And when I've been playing on mine for a while and then I go into your bathroom and it's sat there, I turn it on and I think, oh, I've got to turn the brightness up on this screen. But there is nowhere to do that. So, um... You know. Yeah, but I'm, that's fine with me because it serves my purpose. I can play that every single day for five or ten minutes. I love it. It never wears thin. Occasionally, I'll leave it for a while and then come back to it. I don't like to move from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Okay, Battlefield Bad Company. I want to move on to Battlefield okay. Bad Company. It's Are a, you shushing me? It's a EA game. It's a the next in the Battlefield franchise. It's what they've done this time is normally there's it's a multiplayer game. What they've done this time is they have normally the single player campaign in Battlefield. All it is is the multiplayer game but with computer controlled bots and you just play matches against them. What they've actually done is put a story into the single player game so it is more compelling to carry on. It's pretty cool. You're kind of a bunch of... The reason you're bad company is you're a bunch of soldiers who... Criminals. I've done stuff wrong and been pulled out of prison or military jail to complete a mission. Because you kind of, what, what would you say, like in disposable, uh, disposable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so expendable. So you go on these mission. You go on this mission and you're doing the mission for the army, and then you get to a point where you find some mercenaries. Is they're at the heart of this mission. And they've got a load of gold. And because you're four bad dudes, essentially, you decide, screw the military, there's a load of gold, let's go after it. So the adventure is the bad company. You have all these resources at your disposal, and yet your objective is to get a bunch of gold for yourselves. Yeah, because they're all the bad guys. So oh, like, sorry. <laughs> so like the sergeant major turns to the, um, turns to the soldiers and says... Um, Let's well. One of the things over the radio is this is, a spoiler. No, one of the things over the radio is. You well, you cause this big havoc in a mission at the beginning, and the radio things like that wasn't really what we wanted doing. You're all facing court martial, and now then the soldiers are kind of like ah, they got nothing court to martial. Let's go and get some gold. So the whole thing they is want to go kind down of, in a blaze of glory. And what it kind of does is uh, adds like some weird humor to war, doesn't it? Yeah, as you was watching me play it earlier. Yeah, I don't think it... I didn't like it, but that was just me. It's a good game. Really good. And now, forgetting the story, because it is fairly generic, and there's not a lot different going on apart from... There's a new feature where you can blow a hole in anything, which is cool, because if there's somebody in a house, 
generally, when you're shooting at the house, you can shoot through the window if they pop their head up and kill them. Well, this one, you can get the rocket launcher and blow a big hole in the Are house. Are you saying this is like the first game to ever do that? No, I remember other games about, blowing up stuff. It's about the third game you've ever been able to do it, but not on this skate, not on this. Because on this one, if you fire at the house enough, it will have no walls whatsoever. So anybody who's in there is just, oh, you know, they just stood you there. I mean, the building blowing up doesn't kill them. Generally, it will damage them, but you also have a stim pack in this game that you can stab into your heart and... Uh, Pull your, pull sounds own. like that other crappy game you just played a while back. With the this isn't a crappy game. I mean, other game that was crappy. Right. This one isn't crappy. So the multiplayer <laughs> is where this game shines because in the multiplayer of the game, it's like Call of Duty. It's an experience system. You play as a team. You earn experience points. You get your promotions. You unlock weapons, and it really works well. No lag. We've played it all week. I think I've got about 17 hours on the clock. I highly recommend it. Single player is a bit blah, but the multiplayer will keep you going for months. I think all the way through the summer, because there isn't much else coming out in the way of shooting games until Gears of War 2 in November. What about Unreal Tournament 3? That's very soon. Next week. Yeah, see, there you go. That's now, killing. That's good if you like sci-fi shooters, but this is more of a tactical war, real war. Yeah, I don't like the cheeky one-liners. I think it's disrespectful. The cheeky liners don't exist in the multiplayer. All right, because it's you. Yes. So, uh, and the other game I played on the 360 was Civilization Evolution, which is Sid Meier's Civ game, but kind of simplified a bit for the consoles. I've played two rounds of it. They take about an hour, two hours each, maybe. It's fun, and going from what, from like, Mm, yeah, one type to another war game, from 10,000 BC (laughs) until nuclear weapons. You know the end. The end. The our civilization is fun, um, but it's not for everybody. Would I like it? Or is there too much battling? It's mainly battling. And oh, stuff. why can't they just take that out and let me just build a civilization for God's sake? <laughs> or make it a co-op, right, where you do all the killing and stuff, and I just stay home and build the whole civilization myself. But yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, come on, that's a good idea. You just need to make your own game. Okay. Okay. So next week we'll talk about the game I make. Do I have an assignment for this week, by the way? Do you have another game I can play? Not yet. Other other stuff I wanted to mention was uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we last... might start to be boring people. This one seems to be going on quite long, but I'm not bored. I'm just saying. No, last night we um, <laughs> wanted to mention Doctor Who. Well, last night was the se- well, second part of the three-part season finale of Doctor Who. A um, British sci-fi show. I think... <laughs> I think... Should we just say spoiler alert? No, don't, don't don't spoil anything. Don't spoil anything. Don't spoil anything. Well, don't. they can just fast forward if they don't. I know, but... Just go forward to it. But three we minutes. didn't want to know anything. Maybe they're in the car and they can't fast forward. Uh, I'm just saying. Would you want to know what was happening? Okay, so we'll just ignore this topic because <laughs> there's nothing I can say on it unless it spoils some stuff. Okay, so moving on to... It's really good. That's what he really wants to say. Well, I really wanted to talk about it, but... Hey, it's your not. podcast. Do what you want. Um, so... Okay, we might as well wrap up then. So, um, <laughs> No, say what you want to say. Well, no, because we're not spoiling it, right? That's up to you, but I wouldn't have wanted to know anything about it. I was only going to spoil a couple of things, but not... <clears throat> well, yeah, I was going to spoil one of the main things. Okay. No? I'm Don't ask my permission. I'm just saying, you wouldn't want to know. And if somebody accidentally heard it from your mouth, you'd feel bad. 
I am making every. We've just we've just wasted two minutes talking about how we're going to spoil this. One. So, watch it, and then uh, then you'll know for yourselves. That's it. Oh, that's uh, that's if you're in the UK. By the way, it's only on in the UK. No, it'll be on the Sci-Fi Channel in a couple weeks. Yeah, four weeks apparently. Uh, the last one I watched that was one week behind. Seriously. I looked it up and it said four weeks for... The one we watched last night is on in four weeks' time on the Sci-Fi Channel. So, yeah, if you can wait four weeks, that's cool. It's definitely worth it. But it ain't going to... All I'm going to say is the last two episodes of Doctor Who, this... Well, yeah, the last three episodes, because the one on the uh, aircraft uh, yeah, was good, too. Yeah, it was good. Okay, I'm going to say one thing. <laughs> Rose Tyler is back. I love Rose Tyler. She's like my favourite companion. But she's not quite the same anymore to me. Why? She's like... She's different in a way. I'm trying to make her a little too... um, Yes, too cool. That's exactly She wasn't actually that cool. She was kind of... Gawky. But she has been sent to another parallel universe and who knows what's happened to her there. Yes, but she's back anyway. Um, I don't know how how long for, but Mm. it's pretty... uh, There's scenes in there with her and... Well, you know, bringing her back is a big deal yeah. because the doctor really cares for her. He does, and he's missed her. Uh, I, I don't really want to spoil it. But anyway, for me, these last three that I've seen, plus next week's, from what I know of what... Well, we don't really know anything, but no. from what I know now, are the best episodes of Doctor Who I've seen since it restarted. No, there have been some in between. It's kind of been building really up good. to this, though, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So this feels like when if you have, if you just started watching it, it'll mean nothing. But if you've watched it since when two thousand something when it started, two thousand or like you your whole life. Yeah, but if you even if you've started watching it since they redid it when Christopher Eccleston came along, this is a payoff and a half. Like it's like yeah. everything. Well, you can take it one of two ways. You can either roll your eyes and be like, "Oh, of course, yeah. How obvious," or. You'll really appreciate it. If you're a fan of it for the whimsy and the fun and just all of it, you'll really dig it. And if you're a fan of Torchwood, it will also tickle your fancy. Yeah. Which is a spin-off from Doctor Who. And if you're a fan of the Sarah Jane Chronicles, it'll also be a... But anything Doctor Who... If you're a Doctor Who fan or a Doctor Who peripheral fan of any of the other shows, this is a big satisfaction. If you're Doctor Who, one of those snooty, geeky fan people who likes to pick everything apart, I'm not sure if they're loving it, but... Um, they. I don't think they love. We like it because we love it. But anyway, this this these episodes here will be your last fix of Doctor Who because it's taken a year hiatus. So, 2010 is when. Uh, well, well, there but, will be some Christmas episodes, but yeah, in 2010, it's not their last. No, it but, like but it's they're taking a year off, which is good. Sometimes good, sometimes a long agonizing wait. I if think you're it's into really it. good though because you can get a little burnout on stuff. So plus we'll have Torchwood in the meantime. Possibly. Hmm. So uh, that's the podcast for this week. Ascully.com is the website associated with this podcast. And we are available on iTunes Music Store, the Zune Marketplace. We have an RSS feed on the main page, so you can subscribe in any podcatcher of your choice. And we have a app on the page so you can listen to the podcast straight from the page. And there's a written version of the review, not what we've said, but my own separate written review that Which, comes out on Wednesday. Yep, yeah, and on Friday we also will have a review by Mr. Squid. Um, yeah, but of this movie, it comes out on Wednesday, it's a written review of a different 
different stuff. I try to say different things. It's the written, not the written version of this podcast. No, not at all. So it's a more concise version, because we do go on a bit in this one. <laughs> and then we've got your website. My website is sidtalk.com. That's C-I-D-T-A-L-K. I have some podcasts as well. There's also a player and a link and all that on my website. Um, and I'm on Facebook if you want to go on there and poke me or whatever. Nice. <laughs> what the hell, what, why did they use it? Why? When, when the person made Facebook, why did we go... And I can tell you this. Me. I thought Facebook and MySpace, I resisted them forever because I hate blogging and I hate that word and I hate all that sort of cut down, dummy down, I want to make my own web page in two seconds kind of thing. But I actually like Facebook because some of the people I really care about are on there. And you can see you know, photos, well, uh, videos, podcasts, everything. So. But going back to the poke me, <laughs> I don't want to poke my niece. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. if my niece says, "Can I you?" I don't particularly want to poke my niece either. If my niece says, "Poke me on Facebook," it's just odd and weird. So, <laughs> honey, I love you for that. That's a good thing to say. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm on Facebook too. Yeah. Um, if you want to add me as a friend, you can. Uh, if I have no idea. And who you the are. thing is, I found an old college friend after 20 years. I also almost. found two old old friends yeah. I went to school with. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not. Hello, saying Carol, and hello, yet. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Emily. Um, so I'm not saying it's like the end-all, beat-all, but it actually is easy to use, and it's fun. It's got some little quirky things on there if you like doing that, but it's mostly just uh, it's okay. a good place to go throw so, some stuff. So that's that. Feedback to aschoolie, com or sidtalk at sidtalk.com. And I just want to say, stay classy, caveman with strange facial hair in 10,000 BC. And I'm going to say, come on, human race. Just keep thinking for yourselves because you don't want anyone else to do it for you. And they will because they always have.